Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. We get sued August 2nd. By August 3rd, the government has stopped their minority grants in the 8A program. They had paused their minority for certifications. And I'm like, oh, this is horrible because they're allowing fear to make a decision for them. They weren't being sued at all. And people started changing their minority programs, their diversity programs, just off watching us get sued. They weren't even experiencing it. And I was like, oh, no, this spirit of fear is running rampant right now that people are changing their businesses just because they're seeing us get sued. I'm like, don't allow the enemy to win because at this point, this person's suing us. They could probably care less about the end result. They're getting their goal accomplished just by instilling fear. Hey there, I'm Arian Simone, the CEO and founder of The Fearless Fund, and a woman who believes in living a fearless lifestyle. Through this podcast, you'll get to hear stories of the time I've spent in Africa, being crowned as an Ivorian queen, fighting a battle that can affect millions, but also the stories of our special guests who are living legendary. It's time to tune in to The Fearlessly Living Podcast. They're not on. Okay, they are all on. Okay, this is when I'm gonna look down at my phone. I have not done that. Has anybody done that? People do. Okay, I'm gonna have to for this one. I have notes. I got you. Out. It's like let me cue her up then. Hey, oh, I was gonna go. Hey, everybody, you guys are tuning in to Fearlessly Living with Arian Simone. If you are enjoying this experience, remember to like, subscribe, and comment. Please give us feedback. Well, today, you guys, we are talking about releasing the spirit of fear. This was not in my plans. The team showed me some amazing branding and graphics that you probably saw before you clicked to the show about releasing the spirit of fear. The graphic artist got inspired by the name of the show. And she said, oh, well, first episode, releasing the spirit of fear. And I was like, wait, that wasn't my first episode. But when I saw that, I was very much so drawn in to that. And reason why, my entire fearless brand is built off of that. In 2 Timothy 1 and 7, it talks about how God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. And I, I live that, fearlessly living just literally. And the scripture just resonates with me so much because if God has not given us that, that spirit of fear, 
then the spirit of fear is clearly coming from another source, hence the devil. And I, I'm always just very in tune to that. And what'd you say, Carter? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> okay, yes. My, my nephew is sitting here with me. He said, praise the Lord, always. In all things we do give thanks. So we have an opportunity in this earth to co-create with God, our creator. So I'm always mindful of where our decision-making process is coming from. So Fearless started off as a magazine first. I'm not even looking up there. Y'all, just so if you're listening to the audio and you're not watching this on, on YouTube, they have a TV behind me, and sometimes the production team thinks that I'm looking at the TV, and sometimes I am. But they, they've lowered it to make sure I'm, I'm talking right here. So nonetheless, the Fearless brand started in 2010. I was at a very interesting place in my life. I had just had a PR and marketing firm for about a good five, five to six years, actually, doing a lot of work in the entertainment industry. We serviced movies, and we also serviced music artists like Lil Wayne, Chris Brown, Akon Neo, a whole bunch of people. And I was at a place of transition. And that was my, I guess you would say, declaration to myself. Like, Erin, if you're going to come up with a magazine, it's got to be Fearless. And that's exactly what I named it, Fearless. And during that time of my life, I realized that me being fearless has definitely been a true ingredient to my success. So you guys, this is way before a venture capital firm ever even took place. So that was 2010, and as time went on, we stopped printing the magazine because it got really expensive to do print. If you're talking about 2010, this is like post-Great Recession, this is, whoo a very tumultuous economic time. And all their magazines that had been around for years, they weren't making money off their print. They were making money off their events, off of any other forms of media. So then I pivoted from there. And I said, what am I going to do? Because we had like 20,000, 30,000 people that were so hungry for this content. Mind you, the magazine was internationally distributed. It was U.S.-based, every single Barnes & Noble, Canada, and other countries, too. And I'm like, what am I going to do next if I'm not going to print this magazine? Everybody was demanding content. And I'm like, I'm going to continue the fearless brand beyond this magazine. And after that, we started holding events. We started educating so many different women of color founders in the area of entrepreneurship. We started offering courses. We even had our first conference. Like I say, all of this is pre even having a venture capital fund, as in the Fearless Fund. So for me, when it got time to start the venture capital fund, it was like, okay, this is another arm of the Fearless brand, just living my life out fearlessly. Well, I'm going to give you guys some examples. You know, I usually have never looked at my phone during this, but this is where I'm, I, I am because I, I want you all to fully get this. So we're going to talk about releasing the spirit of fear because I really want you all to grab the concept of this. And first things first, when it comes to decision making, you have to recognize that you're operating from a place of fear instead of faith. 
So that is step one, and I'm gonna get I'm gonna get back to it. And even through this court case, I will say that I've had to make sure I'm operating from a standpoint of faith and not fear. So when we got sued on August second, twenty twenty three, so many people started making moves based upon fear. And I'm not talking about within my company. I'm talking about just people in general. We get sued August 2nd. By August 3rd, the government has stopped their minority grants in the 8A program. They had paused their minority for certifications. And I'm like, oh, this is horrible because they're allowing fear to make a decision for them. They weren't being sued at all. And people started changing their minority programs, their diversity programs, just off watching us get sued. They weren't even experiencing it. And I was like, oh, no, this spirit of fear is running rampant right now that people are changing their businesses just because they're seeing us get sued. I'm like, don't allow the enemy to win, because at this point, this person suing us, they could probably care less about the end result. They're getting their goal accomplished just by instilling fear. And for me, that was somewhat disturbing. So you want to be able to recognize it when you see it whether you're operating from fear or you're operating from faith. I remember an instance, this is another story, when we were building the fund, and at that time I had two partners. And I was like, you guys, I had started the fund myself by myself, and then I had partners along for fund one. And we had an opportunity, we, we were on Zoom, this is during the pandemic, we get on there with a potential investor, I'll just say it, who it was, it was PayPal, and they said, well, if we give you $10 million right now, what will that do? I said, are you going to make us a $50 million fund? I said, it's, that's what's up. <laughs> because they want it to be 20%. I'm like, okay, cool. I get off the meeting, and my partners for Fund One, they were like, no, no, we want to stay. We want to be the $5 million concept fund. We want to start off small. And they were in fear because we were in a new industry. This was new for all of us. And I was just like, oh, no, I'm going to have to call the advisors. So I called the advisors to convince them to, hey, let's at least be a bigger fund. This is an opportunity of a lifetime. And Tracy Gray, one of our advisors, she clearly said to them, are you guys making this decision out of fear? Or is there some level of pragmatism to this? Like, do you have a theory to this? Is there something practical about why you want wanting to remain small? And when they realized that they were operating from a place of fear, then they at least came to a place of compromise. And they said, okay, if we're not going to do 50 million, can we at least meet in the middle? Hence, we ended up at like 25. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Point eight, and that was fun one. I was like, shoot, I'm going for the 50. <laughs> That's just my attitude. But, you know, you're mindful when you have other people in the picture. I'm like, you know what? At least we're not at five. So we're going to land somewhere here. But, yeah, they were ready to cut us $10 million on the spot. I was like, oh, it's game time. It's go time. So <clears throat> that's the story of recognizing are you making a decision out of fear? And you want to ask yourself this because my third book is called Fearless Money Mindset. 
And don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm going to get to y'all releasing the spirit of fear. But Fearless Money Mindset. And the tagline to that book says, people have more fear in being broke than they do faith in having abundance. People have, you should say, mm. <laughs> It's the truth, though. See, the people here about to write it down. <laughs> people do. They have more fear in being broke than they do faith in having abundance. And you cannot operate from that place because you're going to produce the results you operate from. Whatever you focus on expands. So you have to make sure that your focus is in a good place. So back to this. And y'all, usually I do not, like I said, I do not talk from notes. But this one, I, I couldn't let you all miss this. You have to recognize it first and you have to come into an awareness or else you're going to be on autopilot. There are some people who live their lives making decisions that are just all fear-based decisions. And please know that the spirit of fear is different from fear itself. When it says that God does not give us the spirit of fear, because some people you're going to hear, feel the fear, do it anyway. That's probably more so the state of fear. But the spirit of fear, that's a looming spirit. That is something, like I said, that God does not give you. That is something like if you're walking around paranoid, that's the spirit of fear. If you think if somebody's about to creep up behind you all the time, that's the spirit of fear. And that doesn't come from God. He gives us the power, love, and sound mind. So you want to recognize it. Are you talking from a place of fear? Or are you talking from a place of faith? And then you're going to have to stop. And then you're going to have to reprogram. Because once you come into an awareness, you have to have an energy shift. God has designed this universe to support us. Again, you are in co-creation with the creator. God gives us the ability to create. We are made in his image. So your energy has to be aligned in the direction that you actually desire to go or else then the universe is just all over the place trying to support you. God has already designed the universe to support you. So you have to make sure that you are operating from a place of faith instead of a place of fear. Are there any questions in the room? You good, girl. Keep going. Okay, you got a question? Go ahead. <clears throat> no, I just wondered. Okay. Preach. Oh, <laughs> What is interesting is, you guys, Carter has never sat in anybody's church. What? Yeah. God is just in him. Mm. She said, oh. She said, oh. God is just in him. And that, that, that is giving me proof that God exists. You know, I, have, I can even remember, I'm getting into a whole nother show, so I'm going to wait. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to wait. But this is very important, just your mental state and releasing this spirit of fear. You have to recognize it. You have to come into an awareness and then you have to make a conscious decision to shift your energy. And I'll even just leave you with some of the tips that have helped me just stay into that space where for myself, I keep a gratitude journal. I, if I get myself in a space that is not good, I have to go back and I have to reread this thing and I write down everything I'm grateful for. I don't care if it is a can of soup. The $2 soup, I am grateful for. The breath in my lungs, I am grateful for. Waking up in the morning, sometimes I thank God for the curtains. I know somebody watching my life will be like, okay, is she okay? I'm like, yes, God, I thank you for this pillow. I thank you for this couch I'm sitting on. I thank you for my body. I thank you for my health. I thank you that today is beautiful regardless of weather. I, I get into a space of gratitude. 
And I do my best to stay in that space because the reality is life happens and it's always happening for us, whether we realize it or not, it's not happening to us. And we have to make sure that we operate from that place of faith, from that place of surrender, from that place of just trust. I don't know if I have shared. I haven't because y'all are watching episode one. <laughs> but I, if anybody has followed me through the years, they have seen my journey and my testimony from me living out of my car and a lot of other challenges that I've had to overcome in life. So post-college, I went and got a job and I was clearly created to be an entrepreneur. I ran a mall-based retail store in college. But post-college, I went and got a job because I thought I was looking for stability, y'all. Hence, a fear-based decision. I was not operating from faith. And I got this job working for Nelly's Apple Bottoms, and I worked there, you guys, for 30 days doing product placement. I placed product on Jessica Simpson. I placed product on Tyra Banks. I placed product on Oprah Winfrey. And the president called me in and said, hey, I w wanted to meet with me. And I'm thinking like, well, of course. I didn't turn the company around. Of course the president wants to see me. And they said, well, unfortunately, we have to let you go. And I'm like, let me go. How? And they said, well, the company's being sold. You just happen to be the last hired, so you're the first fired. You guys, I ran out of money over time. I went from my apartment to my car. My parents were in an unfortunate divorce case. And next thing you know, I'm just going from the car to sleeping on folks' floors, back to the car. I'm on welfare, food stamps, continue on. Um, but during this time, I learned to have fun despite my situation or circumstance. But when I reflected on it, I realized that this fear-based decision caused me more headache than the job that I had when I owned my business. See, some days you'd have $50,000. Other days I'd be like negative 200. And during that time of owning the store, I thought I was failing. I was like, oh, no, I'm not doing good. But what I didn't realize was I was just not being patient. I wasn't failing. When I go back and look at those finances now, I just laugh. I keep them saved on my computer as a reminder that, Arian, don't make those types of decisions in the moment. You were actually doing just fine. I had a profitable business. I still got the financials on my computer. There was nothing wrong. But because of the volatility and me being 21 and running a business, I thought maybe I wasn't as good at that. And I went and got a job based upon fear. A fear-based decision, y'all, when I had the ups and downs at the store, I was never living out the car. <laughs> I'm like, wait, this decision just caused me more chaos than when I was at the company that I was running. And God will take you from your detour and still get you to your destination. So after that time period, somebody sought me out to do some PR and marketing work. Never done it but day in my life, but at that time, if they sought me out to go paint their walls. I would have been a painter. I had a painting business. That's what they reached out to me for. They saw my work at Apple Bottoms. I said, great, bet. We're doing this. And then two weeks later, they referred me to somebody else and referred me to somebody else. And I looked up and I said, wait, I have a whole clientele. I have a whole company. I was back in entrepreneurship. And I had to accept in that moment that I was created to do business in the earth. And I said, you know what, Aaron, you can't make no more fear-based decisions because <laughs> you will cause yourself a lot of headache. So when I realized that, hence, that was the birth of the fearless brand when it was time for me to make another pivot.
So I believe that it is important that we do not operate from that place of fear, that we don't make decisions from that place of fear, that we make decisions from the place of faith, and the results will look much better. Well, if you guys are enjoying this episode and enjoying this experience, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Stay tuned. Thank you. Oh, you clap, clap it up, Carter. Thank you. How long was that, though? I didn't feel like I was oh, long enough. I think you made 18, 18, 19 minutes. Well, I guess y'all will get the extra of me talking right now. I told you I want it uncut. Oh, my gosh. I didn't. I could have gone further, but I was like, they're not giving me any signals. I don't know where I'm at with time. I was going to give you one that got the 20 minutes. I was going to give you 10 minutes. And thank you for giving me the accuracy. Because, you know, my rabbi over here like, five, and it's really 10. Because you think people talk too long. How many minutes was that? 19 on the nose. <clears throat> So that is releasing the spirit of fear. How often do you talk about your story now? Like, I know sometimes when these, like, hey, So old, um, y'all can keep it going. I would say not as often. Um, I used to a lot. I started. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba people wanting to book me to speak in 2005 mm-hmm. so I was speaking constantly and speaking constantly and I mean I never I didn't get an agent until 2021 mm-hmm. so you're talking about like 16 years of public speaking and even internationally speaking right. just off of inbound right. so I was constantly keynoting and I was constantly sharing my story yeah. but I would say, as of recent, <clears throat> when I became a venture capitalist, people were so intrigued by it because there's just very few and far between black women in the space that that is what I started getting booked to speak for more. And honestly, my rate jumped up mm-hmm. um, because it was just in more demand. But I realized why I wanted to even get back to podcasting is I hadn't been using my voice as in my gift of what you've heard today. So, and I I believe that our gifts do make room for us and bring us before a great man. And speaking for me is a gift. I can get up on stage and I'll have a whole, I can entertain the whole crowd with no problem, no fear, just very comfortable. And I'll speak the way a DJ will DJ a party. I'm a temperature to audience. I'm a know when to crack a joke. I'm like, okay, they're getting a little tired. Let me move here. Let me wrap up. You know, it's very much an energetic experience. But in the past few years, I noticed that I hadn't been using my voice the way I used to. And part of that was me just getting adjusted to life and transition. I became a venture capitalist. It was like a fish out of water. I was learning on a job. Then I became a board director at Steve Madden. And I was learning on a job, a fish out of water. And then I became a queen in Cote d'Ivoire. And I was learning on a job, a fish out of water. And I said, and you've got to get back to using your voice. You've got to get back to empowering people and helping them to unlock the power within. Yeah. And hence. That's why I'm excited about the community, because I feel like that's where that's going to be. Because yes. <laughs> so you guys tune in. If, if you want to join the wait list for the community, I would love to have you. You can check it out at ariansimone.com.
If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's.